0: you say hallelujah (laughs) kings and kingdoms (laughs) don't matter who you think you are as a king or a kingdom (laughs) you're going to pass away. But the kingdom that we're in is never ending. It's ever increasing. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. We're going to jump right in. Turn to Mark 4. Didn't want to stop. <laughs> Hallelujah. You all look good tonight. It's good to have you. Love you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> How many remember Enrique that was with us for a while from EJM? He sang on the worship team. His, his mama is here with us tonight. Why don't you stand, Evie? Amen. <laughs> She's our special guest, our special friend tonight. Whew. Man, I just like I just it's it's like dripping. Hallelujah. Yet this word is just burning on the inside. <laughs> Don't get me going now. So Father, We're not satisfied with men's doctrines, men's religions. We're only satisfied with you. We're only satisfied with what Jesus has provided. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. I thank you for your presence. I feel like I'm half stoned and half here. There's nothing like drinking the new wine. You know, that elderberry wine that the elders pressed (laughs) out. Don't, don't, don't get me started on that. (laughs) I mean, just like a little dose of joy well, why don't you just jump to your feet just, just begin to thank him hallelujah 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 we thank you for joy we thank you for joy Woo! we thank you for joy we thank you for joy, Woo! hallelujah, all right, I think I'll be okay now, <laughs> Woo. Mm. I don't know, I just got to jump just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. If you if you're watching online, they're they're rejoicing cuz they feel the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, uh Pastor Michael Dana said that the devil has no new tactics. I love the line. He said, demons don't have babies. I went, well, (laughs) that's good. In other words, there's nothing new under the sun. And if you think that it's a new attack just because it's on you, then he's already got you. You're believing lies that you shouldn't believe. Why do we believe the lies that the enemy brings instead of believing the truth who Jesus is? See, there's, there's victory in truth. There's defeat in lies. Can you say amen? Well, let's just jump in. Mark 4. First, we're going to recap from last week. I have a few minutes. Mark 4. We'll start with verse 14. And just recap a little bit and then hopefully take this a step further tonight. I've been teaching a series called Seeing Clearly. Everybody say that. Seeing Clearly. See, you got to see Jesus clearly in order to see yourself clearly. In order to see your destiny clearly. If you try to see your destiny without seeing Jesus And without seeing who you are in Jesus, your view is going to get distorted and you're going to fall in the ditch. And then you're going to say, now, God, why would you call me to do this? Well, first of all, he didn't call you to fall in the ditch. He called you to see him. And then he called you to be everything that he said that you are. You notice I said that he said. It's very important that we realize that. When the devil came to tempt Jesus, he kept trying to tell Jesus who he was. And Jesus, in return, told him who he was. Now, that, maybe, maybe that don't make a whole lot of sense to some of you. But the devil can never tell the truth. So when the devil was saying, if you are the son of God, Jesus was like, boy, I don't have to ask if I know. <laughs> Hallelujah! Do you know who you are tonight? Do you know who he is? So he says here, verse 14, he said, The sower sows the word. Now we determined last week that Jesus, every time it says the word, Jesus is the word. Now how many, let me take a vote. Just let me take a vote, not that it's going to matter, but how many think that Jesus needs to change? If a hand goes up, we're gonna, you're going to see a huddle of football players hit you because we're going to lay hands on you suddenly. <laughs> Jesus is the Word, and Jesus is perfect. Can you say amen? amen? And every place that it says they heard the Word or they hear the Word, the hearing, the word hearing in the Greek was the same word every single time. But what is different in this parable is the ground. We are the ground. Jesus doesn't need to change. We're still hearing the word. It's the ground that needs to change so we can receive the word and yield 30, 60, and 100 fold. Can you say amen? That's good, isn't it? You know, Jesus is pretty smart. Did you ever discover that? <laughs> He's way a lot smarter than I am. And I love Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. So every time Holy Spirit presents Jesus in the form of the word, it brings revelation knowledge and it literally shines a bright light on my next step. And that's how I know which step to take. So he says here, the sower sows the word and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. I'll let them catch up with me. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. There we go. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. Say immediately. Immediately. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Next verse, please. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately... Receive it with gladness. Now, that word receive there, it means that they become real glad about it. How many's ever been in a church service or ever been talking to someone and they tell you what Jesus said about you and you get real happy about it, but it seems like it doesn't change anything? Well, I can tell you why. Let's go on. They re- immediately receive it with gladness. Next verse. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises. Why? He didn't come to steal you. He came to steal the word. He knows that if you get the word on the inside of you and you get the revelation knowledge of the word, he knows that you're going to take the next step. So he's not trying to stop you as much as he's trying to stop you from receiving the word. So he says, For the word's sake, immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately Immediately they stumble. Next verse. Now these are those, or these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Next verse. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some thirty fold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now what I want to do is I want to back up to verse 4. Same chapter, verse 4. Now before we read this, Pastor Michael Dana was saying demons don't have babies. They are saying the same thing and doing the same thing as they did when Satan was kicked out of heaven. See, the you need said the Bible just isn't a text to be read, but it's a letter to be lived by. If you read, now don't don't get me wrong, don't shout me down just, you know, just yet. But if you read your daily bread and you're saying, God, you owe me. I read this verse, now you owe me. You totally have God in the wrong category. You don't understand Him. He gave the very best that heaven could give. He's not withholding anything. He's not standing back saying, well, Michael, I had a bad hair day. I woke up on the wrong side. Well, first of all, he doesn't wake up because he doesn't sleep. (laughs) He doesn't decide all of a sudden, Now, I'm saying this for a reason, because sometimes we say, well, we're the generation that's going to receive revival. What makes us think that if the last generation or five generations ago or a hundred decades ago or a hundred years ago that they didn't receive what he poured out, what makes us different? Is it because all of a sudden God moves sovereignly? The word sovereign has really, really been uh, evangelistically stretched out. If you don't know what evangelistically means... That means that, you know, preachers that have a evangelistic flair, they'll kind of stretch things out, you know. Well, brother, how many did you have in church today? Man, we were packed. We were just packed up. Well, how many did you have? Well, we had we had fifty. Well, I thought you had a hundred chairs. Well, we we put fifty of the chairs away, so we were packed up. <laughs> All right, moving right along. (laughs) Sometimes we're afraid of the truth. Because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth will shave everything off of us that should be cut off of us. Can you say amen? Amen. So starting in verse 4, he says, And it happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Let me read that again. It happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Now when you go down to verse 14 and 15, and you don't have to go there on the big screen, I'm just going to repeat it. The sower sows the words, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. He compares the birds to Satan. Satan swoops in and steals the word. What does Satan do with the word? Does he just steal it? How does he take it away from us? Well, first of all, let me tell you something about Satan. Satan. He's a liar. He's the father of all liars. Even if he would want to tell the truth, he's incapable of telling the truth. Everything he says is backwards, twisted, perverted. Now what's sad is when he can get teachers and preachers to declare those lies. Well, Michael... How does Satan come and steal the word? Well, thank you very much. I'll answer that question for you. For example, have you ever heard this one? Now, folks, let's just... How many are tired of just playing church sometimes and you just want to... Just give me the truth. Just give me the raw truth. That's one thing I love about the teaching here at Trinity. I mean, there's times that my hair blows back when Brother Dave's teaching because he just lays it out there. Pastor Dane is the same way. There's things that they say that prune me and that pull me in. I thank God for pastors like that. Can, can you say amen? amen? Here's one. Well, healing and tongues passed away with the apostles. How does, how does Satan steal the word? He twists it. He turns it, he perverts it. Here's another one. Go ahead and sin. Now he's talking to a son or daughter. He's not talking to a sinner. He says, go ahead and sin. God accepts you where you are and because he forgives the past, the present, and your future sins, you don't even have to ask for forgiveness. You want to know how Satan steals the word? He takes the word, And he twists it. He doesn't come to you who know Jesus and who's had a relationship with Jesus and say, Jesus isn't real. You're not really born again. He knows he can't get us with that. No, he picks something else out in our life. And then he takes the word and he turns it and he twists it. And immediately the word cannot take root in us because our ground doesn't receive it. And sometimes we live our whole life believing the lies of the enemy when we've had truth available to us the whole time. Everybody say truth. So everything I just said is backwards from what Jesus said. And Satan uses his twisted way of thinking and speaking to us to believe what he says. Just for a moment. And I promise you that this was my notes, Pastor Michael Dana. This was my notes. They were written before you ever preached this morning. He got up and started preaching my message tonight. (laughs) I love it when God confirms the word. Can you say amen? amen? And you don't have to go here on the big screen, but in Matthew, it says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Satan comes as a roaring lion. He's not really a lion. He comes as a roaring lion. He has a big mouth. He has a big bark. He has a big, he has a big bark. And he, 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 his pro- the problem is that a lot of Christians believe his big mouth over what Jesus declares over us. Everybody goes, hmm. <laughs> My dad would always say, no, if you can't say amen, say oh me. <laughs> okay, let's go to verse 5 and 6. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Why don't you read that with me? Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Next verse. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, And because it had no root, it withered away. Now back in verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, These are likewise the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it. They accept it and they're amazed. They receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. I've seen people get in prayer lines and receive a healing and walk out the door and the symptoms came back and immediately they allowed Satan to steal what they just received. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not going to go to lying. I'm not asking you to lie. I'm asking you to declare truth over what is the lie. He himself bore my sickness, carried my pain with his stripes, I am healed. And sometimes it comes and he puts a set of circumstances on you, or he'll place symptoms back to you just to see what your reaction is going to be. How does Satan steal the word? He doesn't show up in a devil suit, you know, with red horns and a red tail and a red pitchfork. And he says, Brother Fetty, I've come to steal the word from you. You'd know better than that. No, he shows up in a sheepskin. Or he shows up in the form of what we would call uh, deception, something that would cause us to believe something that we shouldn't believe. How many know that the joy of the Lord is our strength? So if the joy of the Lord is our strength, why are we not seeking the joy of the Lord? What does the Bible say? In the presence... In His presence is fullness of joy. And sometimes we're running so hard away from His presence... Sometimes we give God five minutes a day, and I'm not saying five minutes is wrong. He'll take five minutes if that's all we give him. I'm not going to say if that's all we have, because if that's all we have every day for God, then we're we're lopsided. We We need to shift our schedule around. There are days that you'll wake up with your feet running. But you're always, always, always doing what he's called you to do. Even if you're going to a public job, you're the light of the world. You're the light in the midst of darkness. Even if you're going to college, even if you're going to school, whatever you're doing, you are the light of the world and you're always, always, always walking in that kingdom. But if you try to lay down the word and you try to just live your life and say, okay, God, I went to church yesterday. In fact, you know, if this is your third service today and i think it is for some of you you know some of you you're you're like yorkshire hogs you can't get enough you're like me i just i love it all <laughs> and so this is my third service today you know i'll be here wednesday night and and if you're if you're one of those people where you just can't get enough but if you turn around and you use it as a rule to try to get god to move you don't know him well enough yet and you're believing the lies of the enemy because God wants relationship. Can you guys hear me? Okay, good. I think this ear is stuffed up. God wants relationship. He doesn't want our legalistic hour a day. Even if we legalistic... Read the Bible an hour a day and our legalism of reading the Word is to move God. I have news for you tonight. I have really, really good news for you tonight. He moved 2,000 years ago. Now he's waiting for us to move into a position of faith to receive. And as we receive the Word and as we receive it, and we receive it into good ground, the Bible says that we'll produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. My time's just about up. What we're going to do next week is we're going to take a look at afflictions and persecutions. We're going to take a look at some of the things more specifically, how he uses them to stop Jesus, the Word, from producing in us. I will say this. In the Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The the Bible says that the Father's on the throne. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Bible also says that if we've been born again, and we're no longer part of Adam's family, but now we're part of the family of Jesus... When we received his DNA, when the Holy Spirit came and we became born again, the Bible says we were seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Do you realize that we are seated with Jesus on the right hand of the Father right now? Not going to be. Not going to be in the sweet by and by or someday, you know. We are seated with him now. Everybody say now. Now. And the more you realize who you are and where you're seated, you get to make decisions from there and not from here. You no longer belong to the first family of Adam. You now belong to the family of Jesus. Your citizenship is no longer of this earth. Your citizenship is now of a heavenly nature and the DNA of the Father and Jesus' precious blood flows through your veins. Woo! (laughs) Hallelujah. That's something to get excited about. Now how do we take all that power And put it on our problems. I can tell you how. First of all, pursue Him, pursue His presence. Yes, pursue His word. That's a given. We cannot live without the Word of God. But so many people, they get so analytical with God and they get so theological with God and every other big word that you want to use. I mean, they want to, and God's just saying, Michael, I just want you to come in here and I just want you to learn how to rest in me. And sometimes we've had the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. And we have Word oozing out of our ears. We have Word oozing out of our, our, our iPads and our iPhones and, and our Bibles. And he's saying, why don't you take what you've been taught and begin to allow me to bring it to life so that you can walk in the life that I've already provided? Yes. We've been seated in heavenly places with him. And it is from that place, that place where Jesus is, that place of power, even that place of intercession that we make decisions from. It's not out of our circumstances. Never base a decision, never make a decision under pressure. I had one of my fathers and mentors tell me one time, he said, demons drive, the Holy Ghost leads. If you're being driven tonight, it's probably a devil. There's times of urgency that God will put something on you and and you'll be able to tell, this is urgent. But most of the time when the pressure comes and it's pushing you, there's a demon involved somewhere. You need to slip into neutral. You need to get into the presence of God and you need to begin to laugh. Well, Well, you mean laugh. I mean, ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. You know, some of you haven't had joy since Noah's Ark, I can tell. (laughs) That lemon juice look on your face. Now, come on. Say, I love Michael. (laughs) Why, thank you. I love you, too. (laughs) Next week, we're going to take a look at some more of this. How many... Are gonna ask Holy Spirit to teach you how to have good ground. Because if we can figure out how to change our ground, we can figure out how to receive fruit. Can you say amen? And I'm not talking about fake fruit. I'm not talking about the kind of fruit where you you know you you get you get a bunch of fruit and you make it look real good, and then when due season rolls around. All the ugly roots come rolling out again. I'm talking about the real stuff where when people take a, a bite of that fruit, life flips through them. I'm talking about fruit that remains i'm talking about changing our city changing our county changing our state changing the united states of america and changing the world we live in he said first in jerusalem second in judea then all of samaria then the uttermost parts of the earth well canton is my jerusalem cleveland ozzy that's your jerusalem You know, if you live in Akron, that's your Jerusalem. It doesn't mean you shouldn't come here and fellowship with us. It means work where you're at. Can you say amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? I'm so glad that you were here tonight. I'm uh, I'm glad that His presence got to touch you and transform you. But how many are just going to be satisfied with what happened tonight? How many want more? Boy, look at those hands. Just say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit give, me give me more. 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 Say, more, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Glory be to God. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> Go out in the harvest field and give him heaven. Can you say amen? amen. We we'll love you. We'll see you next week.